Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we interview top team leaders, industry leaders, and broker owners from across the country to talk about the best practices to be deployed in our businesses today. I have a very special guest today, Greg Dickerson. Greg's a serial entrepreneur, real estate investor, and developer. He served in the United States Navy right out of high school prior to his entrepreneurial journey. During his career, he has bought, developed, and sold over $200 million in real estate, built hundreds of custom homes and commercial buildings, developed multiple residential and mixed-use subdivisions, and started 12 different companies from the ground up. Greg, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Jeff. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So Greg, as you can see, if you're watching, this is in his car and we were chatting a little bit off, off uh, the recording and I'd asked him why he's in his car and his response was the best I've heard. Uh, he's working. He's in the field. He's getting it done. He's going looking at property. He's on a few podcasts today. So Greg, I love to see a working man. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, that's where it happens in the field, right? I mean, obviously there's office time, you know, in the transactional world of real estate, you got to do your prospecting. But for me, you know, I build specs, I flip houses, I develop land. So all of my work is in the field, looking at projects, looking at deals, meeting with people. Uh, I work out of my house. So in any of the administrative tasks that I need during the day, I just pull over and I do podcasts all the time. So I just pull over somewhere, park and let it rip. Awesome. I love it. So tell everybody what market you're in and I guess what are you, what are you working on now? Obviously you have an amazing resume. What, what are you, what's your project this year and the next five years? So uh, I cover the Southeast region, uh, more particularly North Carolina up into Northern Virginia. So I was on uh, a coastal region of North Carolina for about 14 years, building and developing resort rental properties um, and commercial properties. So, you know, I'm on the road a lot. So I'm running down from North Carolina back up to Northern Virginia looking at things. I build spec houses. I've got a few of those in process. Um, uh, flipping some houses. So I'm always on the hunt for a good opportunity. My wife likes to do those. So I keep, I keep those going. Uh, I do coaching and consulting. So I'm always working with people and helping people in their business and, and different companies as well as the real estate world. And um, working on uh, right now, I've got a couple of hotel development projects I'm working on and uh, ground up, you know, projects and some opportunity zones, things like that. So, you know, a few different things, but like I said, I'm, you know, I'm leveraged, outsourced at my point in my career, I use general contractors to do everything for me turnkey. So I'm not at Lowe's buying lights and I'm not, you know, yeah. uh, paying, you know, subcontractors directly, any of that. I use general contractors. It's all outsourced turnkey yep. and uh, architects, engineers, you know, managing the front end of the projects, things like that. So I just keep them on track and drive it to the finish line. So Greg, I'm right with you right now, but I think 99% of society, if they were to ask you what you did and you answered that way, they would be done listening like a minute and 30 seconds ago. And I think for a lot of <laughs> us serial entrepreneurs, we have all these things, we're juggling so much and you yeah. nailed the solution to juggling and that is leverage and leverage with the right people. Everyone thinks I'm lying to them when they say, Jeff, what do you do? And I tell them, Sometimes for fun, I'm like, all right, I'm going to puff my feathers. I'm going to show them what I actually do. And I list all the companies and all the success. And I think they don't believe me. I think they're like, no, nah, he's full of crap, right? But I know exactly that when people say, say what you just said, it's true. But you're not doing it all. You're, you're, no. just, 
you're just holding those people accountable. And I, I am curious numbers wise. So you said flipping is one of the things, obviously a lot of our listeners um, also take, a, take on a few flip properties every year. How many flips would you say you're doing in a calendar year? Uh, you know, 12 to 20, somewhere in that range, they're higher end. Um, so I don't do a ton of transactions. I do fewer higher end properties. Uh, and, and then I build 10 to 12 specs a year. What's the average amount of money you spend to fix up your flips? Oh, at least a hundred thousand. Okay. You know, hundred to 150. Big projects. Yeah. I mean, for some people, yeah, they're bigger. So I don't do a lot of the retail plays where you're just painting, you know, doing carpet right. and just light stuff. I don't, I don't find too many of those for me. I like the heavy lift stuff. So I'll go in and gut a house down to the studs. I'll add on to it. You right. know, I'm, I'm not afraid of all that. Okay. And then on the custom builds, those are spec homes. Are you also doing custom where the buyer can no, come in? No, no custom building. Everything is spec. It's okay. just, you know, uh, build, build to sale. And I do infill. So I'll tear something down and redevelop a, a site or I'll buy a property that's got a couple of lots with it. And I'll flip the house and then build on the lots. So I do smaller infill type things. I've done a couple of big subdivisions in my career, but right now I want to be able to get in and get out in six to nine months. So I'm sticking with smaller infill, infill developments. Now you've also spent some time in developing multifamily, right? Apartment complexes. I thought I had read something about that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, smaller, smaller projects. We've got a couple going right now that are in the 250, 350 unit range um, with a partner down in South Carolina and Georgia. And, you know, I'm the uh, intellectual capital development side of that equation. And I've got boots on the ground in those markets, you know, handling the day to day. So, um, so yeah, it's like you said, it's all about leverage. And, uh, you know, my first company, I, I took it from 250,000 to 30 million in seven years, my building company and started 12 other companies along the way, all through leverage and outsourcing, just like I do today. So, so uh, let's, let's talk about that journey. So we've got a lot of people listening that are individual real estate agents and or team leaders or aspiring team leaders. And there's broker owners and we get a lot of other types that are listening as well. It's the team building podcast. So it's about anyone wanting to build a dominant team. I've got a real estate license in two states. I'm a broker and I had a, t I had a team at one time and a firm and all that. So oh, wow. I, I started out that way, you know, individual agent builder and, and built it all from the ground up. So let's speak to the peace of mind that might come with only running behind one venture. Um, I think Warren Buffett says it best, the Oracle of Omaha, since I'm in Omaha broadcasting yeah. from here, I get to tout his name a little bit. He said, you can put all your eggs in one basket, just watch the basket. So yeah. people like us that have this dysfunction of wanting to continually build all these, like you brag about 12 businesses from the ground up where lots of people would want nothing to do with having to build 12 businesses from scratch. So let's talk about the negatives. For you, looking back on your career, had you just focused on one of all of the things you've done successfully, you just did one of those things, do you think you could be further along today financially? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, where I was geographically, I was limited in terms of the deals and opportunities. And, you know, I didn't go to college. I didn't learn any of this from anybody. I, I went in the Navy right out of high school. And I started out as a small remodeling contractor. And I mean, I would put up a screen door for you. I'd fix a door lock, whatever you needed, small remodel stuff. And I built it from the ground up and learned it from the ground up. So I spent a lot of time on little companies, little businesses, little projects, because I didn't know any better, didn't mm -hmm. know any different. I didn't have any mentors. The internet and uh, all of the courses and programs you have today just weren't around. No. Uh, so what I did was I poured into myself, educated myself from the standpoint of uh, management, leadership, business, things like that. So I was able to scale and grow that business quickly. Um, but I wasn't aware of the other things that I could have done along the way. If I'd have focused on commercial and multifamily and done nothing but that in a different market, you know, that, that wasn't a huge opportunity where I was. 
Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be a billionaire right now. So if you had started uh, over, focused on one thing, it would have been multifamily and commercial in a different market. You really weren't in that market. And then I heard a lot of you talking there about how you didn't have the mentorship, you didn't have the leadership. And the beauty of today is people have podcasts. They have yeah. books, obviously you had books then. Um, and then the most important is the networking vehicles, like a Zoom call like this or a Google Hangout, FaceTime, where you can just jump on a call with an expert like you for 30 minutes and get to... We really get to know the person and understand what's working and what's not and be able to have that, that person. To, to yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were some books, but there weren't that many on how to do what I was doing and scale it and get to the next level. And there certainly weren't people teaching it. Right. And even now there's really nobody teaching development, you know, mm -hmm. so I get a lot of people reaching out to me to help them with, you know, getting into the development game and things like that. So uh, it, yeah, it's really interesting. And, you know, even from a real estate agency standpoint, when I got my license in 2001 in North Carolina, you know, my first commission right out of the gate was $30,000. Um, it was a land commission. And you would have thought the light bulb when it went off there, right? And said, hey, <laughs> do about 100 of these, you know. You but go. I kept on doing my little building thing. And, you know, I was developing and I was doing well. But, you know, all you know is what you know. And, um, and you know, I, I just, I learned as I went along. But, yeah, if I could do it all over again, knowing what I know now, I would have doubled down on the development that I was doing, focused 100% on that, and just, you know, like I said, it, it would be, you know, if I wasn't a billionaire by now, it'd be hundreds of millions, you know, yeah. and, and I've done well in my career, but not as well as I could have done if I'd have had the information at hand back then. So now flash forward to today, knowing this, is this where you've doubled down? Is this where you're putting yeah. your time and focus and energy? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know what I know now and, and you know, I'm outsourcing, I'm not in-housing anything, which I did all that back then. Uh, if I get involved in a company uh, like I did before, it's a company that will scale. Uh, and then I fill the entrepreneurial bug of small business by coaching and consulting. So Love instead it. of me getting involved in that company, and again, when I got involved, it wasn't like I showed up at the office and went to work there every day. I coached them. You know, we were on the phone. I coached them. There was an operator and I told them what to do. So I get involved in companies now and I coach businesses now. So that's kind of how I fill that little um, bug that I have to want to be involved and help people and help businesses. Well, I wanted to ask, and I'm going to revisit something you said there a minute ago that I, I look for patterns of success. And there was something you said a minute ago that I'll pull out, but um, well, actually I'll just go to that right now. Cause I don't want to forget to bring it up. You mentioned that you only looked at getting into businesses that you thought had a, the ability to scale. Right. And that for me, like if it can't scale, I'm so bored with the idea, whatever yeah. it is. Like, so my sister, she's amazing at making cakes. She started a business in Omaha where she makes these amazing cakes that are like $75 for a little birthday cake, but they're absolutely incredible. And so my first question to her was, who's making the cakes? And she's like, well, I am. And I was like, okay, well, you got to find someone to make your cakes. Like I'm building out this enterprise that she could franchise throughout the country. And she had no interest in that. Her value yeah. is in actually making the cake and getting the credit. And I think so often for so many of us, especially real estate agents that stay in the single family sector selling, they get off on the sale. They, they get off on the satisfaction of helping somebody through that buying process or that selling process, but that's not scalable. I think that's the biggest challenge. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, and a lot of people want that, you know, and that's fine. There's a lot of people that just want to stay in their lane and just do what they do. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I know plumbers and electricians and realtors and real estate investors that they just, they have their thing and that's what they want to do. And, you know, that's great. Not everybody wants to scale, um, yeah. you know, but, but, for me at this point in my life to invest my time uh, at a high level, I want, to be, I want operators that want to scale. And I don't mind helping small business owners. Again, I'll do that on a consulting basis. But um, to get involved, I want something that's going to scale and grow and, and be able to track. And, you know, you can scale a real estate agent game, right? You know, you've done it. You get a team and you put them together and you leverage them and you get your 
yourself out of production and you, and you be the rainmaker for a team, that's how you scale a real estate business. That's exactly, that's my challenge at the platform. I, I, every time I speak, I say, my goal today is to teach you to never sell another house by yeah. teaching other people to sell more houses. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that need that. There's a lot of people entering the real estate world that don't know how to make the rain. They don't know how to generate the leads and they yeah. don't know how to run a business. So they need a leader that can feed them with the leads, coach them, keep them on track. And so they can do what they love to do, which is go yeah. out and help buyers and sellers. I just read a study literally yesterday. I was laying by the pool. We are actually are starting to get nice days in Omaha. Yeah. And I was reading this little handbook that Boomtown put out. It's their playbook for teams, which is a great read for those listening that are Boomtowners. Go check that out. It's the playbook for teams. Um, and we'll, put, we'll actually put a link to that in our notes here. But um, in that, it said that 35% of teams out there had started in the last 12 months. Real residential real estate teams. Yeah. In the last 12 months. So think about the growing pains of, of that new team. A third of the teams out there, you know, struggling through all the growing pains that a team typically would see. Yeah, it's difficult. And a lot of realtors have never had any business experience. So running a team is like running a business. You have to be a leader. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand what the difference is between a leader and a manager and how to differentiate those two and, and how to provide proper training, clear direction, systems and support so that your team can be successful, which is really what the leader does, right? The leader is not at the top of that pyramid, you know, up here with everybody under them. They're at the bottom of that pyramid. You flip it upside down and they're supposed to give the organization everything it needs, tools, training, systems and support to be successful, clear direction and know in certain terms exactly what's expected and when. Here's how you do this. Here's why. And then you measure that performance, reset the goals and go. So becoming a leader, becoming a delegator, becoming a motivator is just not in everybody's DNA. It's something you can learn, but leadership has to inspire results out of others. And that's where a lot of people have trouble with a team structure. They just, they don't know how to recruit, hire, train, and then they don't know how to lead. You yeah. know, they're great agents, they're great rainmakers, but they don't know how to do the rest of the components. So that's where it gets difficult for a lot of, a I lot of agents. You nailed it. Those are a lot of the pillars we speak to as well. Yeah. Culture, lead gen, lead conversion systems and strategies. Uh, but the leadership is key. One of, the th one of the books I've read, and I'd love some book recommendations from you as well, Greg, if you have any. Um, one of the books that really influenced my decision making when I first launched my team was The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. And it talks yeah. about understanding, essentially self-actualizing and knowing where your strengths were and where your weaknesses were. And once you knew where your weaknesses were, obviously get better at those weaknesses, but hire someone else to take over that role. So if you right. suck at recruiting, hire someone. If you suck at culture, hire someone to be your culture consultant. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hire people to do what you don't like to do, don't know how to do, aren't good at, fill those gaps in, forget your weaknesses. Don't even forget them. Focus on your strengths, hire your weaknesses and, you know, hire out the things you don't like to do. You're going to be much more motivated, much more productive if you're doing the things that you love to do. And don't yeah. be afraid to hire. If you've got the business, don't be afraid to hire. Just do it. Make that hire. It's going to help you scale. It's going to help you grow. It's going to consolidate your time. And, you know, one of the mantras that I use, everybody says work on your business, not in your business. My mantra is work on the people in your business so they can work on the business for you. Mm, so you need that. to develop your people, work on your people, pour into your people so that they can use the systems that you've put in place so that they can work on the business and not in the business. I love that. So I heard a quote recently, you might know who said this, but they said, train your people so they can leave you, treat your people so they never do. Right, right. Yeah, I don't know who that quote came from, but uh, yeah, I, I heard that. Good one. Well, so what are some of the biggest mistakes you've seen? So these 12 businesses you built from the ground up and you do all this consulting with aspiring entrepreneurs and business leaders, where do you feel like are the top two or three mistakes that people make when they're trying to build out their business? Hiring too quickly 
and firing too slowly. So, you know, that's the big thing. A lot of people are afraid to terminate employment situations and they don't set them up correctly to begin with where it's a, it's a probationary trial period to find out if that individual is a good fit for the company, if you're a good fit for that individual as a company. Um, so that's one of the biggest errors is that uh, people don't make that, that clear um, expectation of what the employment situation is from the beginning. And then when they figure out they've got a problem, they don't take care of it quick enough. The second thing is in that same situation, having a gut feeling about somebody in the employment process and thinking, you know, I'm not so sure hiring them anyways and, mm -hmm. you know, ending up with a problem, not listening to their gut. And, uh, and then the third thing is not taking that step to hire to begin with. So a lot of people just, just won't make that step, but that's the three biggest things right off the gate. When so somebody's let's, looking to scale. let's address the third one, because I think for a lot of our listeners, that's probably one of the biggest challenges. So take your typical agent that let's say makes $75,000 a year. And we tell them in jeffsbusinessplan.com, you can get a free copy of my business plan. It's on our website jeffsbusinessplan.com. The first step is hiring an admin. So my first year, I was 24. I made $96,000 and I hired a full-time admin that I paid around $30,000 to. So I took a third of my net profit and put it towards an admin role that I believed would save me 20 hours a week. And I'd redeploy that time to income producing activities. But it's scary to create leverage because to create leverage, you have to take a percentage of your profit and deploy it into the leverage. So speak right. to that challenge and why people are held back and aren't willing to take that plunge. Well, first thing, how much were you spending on marketing at the time? Um, zero dollars. I was spending it in time. Okay. So I was doing outbound expired calls, FISBO calls, that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that was your marketing. So a lot of people spend money on marketing, but they won't hire an admin to take care of the details so that they can do what you do, take your time and turning into marketing instead of marketing dollars, marketing time, right? So a lot of people, number one, they're afraid because they don't know how to do it. They're like, how do I even find somebody? How do I even interview somebody? They just don't even know the process of how to find somebody, how to interview them, how to train them, and how to set them up for success. So a lot of it comes from that standpoint of they just don't even know what to do. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of realtors have never hired anybody. They've never had an employee. So when they look at that, it, it's difficult. So I would tell that individual, the easiest way to start out with is to outsource that. There's a lot of people that work as, uh, virtual assistants, real estate admins, transaction coordinators that'll handle a lot of that for you. The MLS input, uh, transaction coordination, those types of things that you can start part-time with somebody, which is what I did. In my first business, I, you know, I had worked in the, in the corporate world before I started my own company in 97. So I knew how to hire people and interview and do all that and lead and manage. You know, I was a, a district manager for a restaurant concept, had 10 restaurants. But anyways, so I knew how to do all that. But even for me, my first hire, office manager, which is what I tell every small business, your first hire is that office slash administrative slash slash slash, you know. Yeah, all the slashes. Exactly, yeah. You know, that was my first hire. It was part-time. You know, I, was, I started out with somebody part-time and then after six months, moved her into a full-time position. She stayed with me for 11 years. And, um, you know, ran all of my companies, all of my businesses, the books for all of my, all of my stuff, my real estate stuff, everything, and helped me build all those businesses. So um, if you're afraid to do it and you don't know how to do it, start part-time with somebody and then educate yourself on how to recruit, hire, train, interview, and, uh, and manage employees. I love it. Yep. I think that that's absolutely key. Um, the other thing is, you guys, a lot of people think that right out of the gate, they have to offer them a salary and then they'll be paying them for work they're not doing. You can pay per unit. If they're just doing transaction coordination, $100 per deal or $150 per deal. A lot of traditional brokerages have um, individuals within that brokerage. Sometimes they're licensed agents, sometimes they're not. That will do yeah. per transaction fees. 
Exactly. And, you know, uh, a lot of people just don't want to let go of the details, right? They want to get hung up in it. And really what it is, it's a distraction to keep them from doing what they need to be doing that's going to make them successful. You know, they, they just, they feel like, oh, I just need to do this as part of my business now. What you need to be doing is like what I'm doing. You need to be out there cultivating, generating, uh, bringing in the business, let everybody else handle the details of getting that business done, that transaction done. I love it. Yep. I teach agents. I believe the agents that are still servicing should spend 80% of their time prospecting for leads and 20% of their time actually servicing the lead. And I think too often agents are spending too much time in the weeds and not on the highest income producing activities. Like literally Greg is in the field right now. I see a field behind his windshield for those listening on iTunes or Stitcher. He is sitting in front of a literal field right now. There it is. He is in the field and that's awesome. We have agents come in. We don't have formal offices in my office. Uh, I have 30 agents and it's a touch and go philosophy. So we have tiny little calling rooms, but agents all the time are like, Jeff, I wish I had an office. I'm like, what for? You're not yeah. making money sitting in an office. Get out, go out, get out there, go do something. Go talk to Yeah, people. that's the way I've been. I mean, I've always had an office for the employees when I had everything in house and I had staff. Um, but I was always out in the field. You know, I've never been strapped to a desk in the office. I've always been out in the field. I'm the rainmaker. I'm the generator. Yep. Yep. I love it. Cool. So if somebody was interested in hiring you, what, what's that look, what's that look like and how do they get in touch with you? So my website is gregdickerson.com. Um, all my information is on there and uh, it's got my development business on there. And then there's a page about coaching and I do one-on-one, you know, uh, I get involved with people on a one-on-one level. I don't have courses or anything like that. Um, I go in deep, you know, I'm like, I, I, it's almost like bringing me on as a partner but I don't take a percentage of the business. I do get involved in some companies, so there is an opportunity there, but generally the coaching is one-on-one. It's, it's an on-demand thing. It's like having a partner right there with you all day, every day, a mentor to, to be there. It's an on-demand thing, so it's, it's pretty cool, and I've got clients all over the country, a couple in Canada, and it, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy, and it's what I've done my entire career. Every business I've ever been in, every company I've ever been involved with, every project that I do, I'm coaching people. I mean, that's what I do. I'm coaching awesome. teams of architects, engineers, general contractors on the developments. I'm coaching teams on my flips, my new construction. Uh, and then, you know, the companies that I get involved with, it's a team of people that I just, I coach them. Love it. Um, I want to invite you, Greg, all of the, my podcast guests from the last 12 months, I've invited to attend my summit this summer for free. We'll get you a $500 VIP ticket for no awesome. charge. Um, it's called the Team Building Summit. And for everyone listening, we do still have tickets left. It has been insane. Over the last three weeks, we've been doing a lot of promotion and Tickets are selling fast, but we should have enough. Um, if you want to check that out, go to the teambuildingsummit.com. It includes, the VIP ticket includes a ticket to the championship game of the College World Series, front row seating, all the meals included, and then time over lunches with all the VIP speakers. It's going to be a great event. So again, just go out to the teambuildingsummit.com to learn more about that. Awesome. Also, if you got a lot of value from Greg's interview today, please go to iTunes and give Greg a shout out. Give us a five-star review and let him know one of your biggest takeaways from today's episode. Greg, any final thoughts? No, I think it was a great interview. And, you know, the, one of the things you were talking about is, um, you know, teaching real estate agents and brokers to, you know, get more on the investment side. And uh, I really like that aspect of what you do and help people with. And I would encourage people that uh, if you're worried about that, that crossover, you know, there's two ways, that's two things that can really help you scale your business, not only for yourself from an investment standpoint, but being an agent that understands investors and working with investors is a great way to scale your business. Um, you know, I've got agents that work that have done my, my business and my deals over the years that have made a couple hundred thousand dollars off of me, you know, in different markets, you know, being my agent. So I tell investors all the time, find a good agent that understands investors and knows how to work with you. Uh, they can, they can do a lot for you. So if there's one nugget I can leave for your agents that are looking to build their business easily, 
find real estate investors that are doing deals and be their agent. And you I love make it. a lot of, it's, a, it's like an annuity. Well, and it's free education. Yeah, I think exactly. if you could have gone back 30 years ago and been the agent on all those commercial deals, how much you would have learned so that you then could have done your own commercial deals. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a great learning opportunity. Exactly. That's good advice. Yeah. I, like, I like it. Awesome. Well, thank you, Greg. I appreciate it. It's a great interview. Um, a lot of high level content for all of us to chew on and hopefully deploy some of these ideas into our own businesses. Until next time. Thanks again. Yeah, yeah, yeah.